the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Kim McNicholas on innovation. Spotlighting successful entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, and industry experts. Their stories and insights can help you become better informed, better educated, and a better investor. Your host is Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, and writer Kim McNicholas. Kim has been a journalist at Forbes magazine, a Fox News Channel contributor, vetted more than 3,000 startups, and has been a mentor for entrepreneurs around the globe. Now, Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome to the show. I have what doctors need. I promise you. Well, I have the person that created something that doctors need. I have Arman Jahangiri on the phone. He is the co-founder and CEO of Result Care, which is a digital platform for doctors that helps them to make better clinical decisions. It's basically a social network for doctors. Armand, thank you so much for being here. And you're a doctor as well. Yes, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I did my MD first and then decided that I enjoyed the research side of medicine as well. So I did a fellowship to the Howard Hughes Medical Institute working on brain tumors, and that led me to decide Hey, I want to learn more. And I got a PhD. I, I went to pursue my PhD at UCSF on cancer biology as well. And that's sort of when Result Care was born. Wow. And you're all of 25? Uh, no. <laughs> I, just... I wish I was. I look 25. <laughs> I'm 31. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously? You're only yeah. 31 and you did all that? And you were telling me that you've done some uh, surgical procedures as well. Yeah, um, I, so I trained at Parkland Hospital. That's where, unfortunately, President Kennedy was taken uh, when he was shot back in the day. And there are a lot of cases. So when I was rotating as a third-year medical student, um, they, I, I mean, I was amputating uh, legs and hands and doing as much as I could because I wanted to learn. And they would let me because the, the caseload was so high there. Oh, are you kidding? Oh, my goodness. And then what made you yeah. want to go from the practical to the research standpoint, or was it vice versa? Well, no, I, I wanted to go into medical school so I could become the best neurosurgeon in the world. My goal was to go in and take out these deadly brain tumors that are killing people left and right. And if I was at the best at it, I could probably cure them, right? That's what I thought. And then the summer between first and second year of medical school, I worked with the best neurosurgeon in the world that does that, Mitch Berger here at UCSF. And Dr. Berger does this thing called supramaximal resection. So not only, not only does he take out the tumor, but he maps the brain and he, he takes out the tissue around the tumor that is not essential. Unfortunately, even with that, the tumors come back and kill the patients. And it was there that I, that I realized that science is sort of the foundation of change and uh, innovation in medicine. And I had seen a couple of neurosurgeons who were neurosurgeon scientists, MD, PhDs, and I realized if I really want to make an impactful change throughout the years that I, would be, I will be practicing, it's important that I know the research side just as well as the clinical side. 
Right, because there's so much more that needs to be done. There is so much that needs to be done, Kim. We look at, people think of cancer as one disease, but a single brain tumor is within itself hundreds of thousands of different cells that behave differently. So not one you know, drug is going to cure cancer, and we have so much work left to do. And I know this is probably a little bit off topic, but it might be out in the weeds, but something just came to mind that um, what people don't realize when they are diagnosed with cancer, that there are different types of cancer in every single body, even if it's a brain tumor, and there are different things that would work. There are different philosophies behind it, and they have to find what philosophy aligns with them and their situation. That is absolutely correct. One of the most um, things that I see that really breaks my heart uh, is when people um, Google what they think they have, what they get diagnosed with, and they will find somebody who's an opportunist who will promise them a cure, and therefore they will give up you know, uh, the, the standard of care that would, that would have cured them in some of these cases and go after um, these unevidence-based, I would like to call, um, data uh, it's a $2 trillion market of people just doing that on the Internet. So um, that's sort of where ResultCare sort of uh, started. The idea uh, started was to create something that is based on actual research. The research has been done and recommendations are being made from that as opposed to, you know, a statistically insignificant testimony from uh, a person that runs a Facebook page and says, I had this and I rubbed broccoli on my forehead and now I'm cured. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, there's also the theory about high alkaline diets that cancer can't survive in a high alkaline diet. And that's also controversial. Well, the thing about it is if you're thinking that um, cancer can't survive under that environment, you're assuming that that environment is being created within all layers of the cancer. Right. That that the blood and the flow that it's going, that there's no privileged site. And that's just not the case. And there's no way you're going to breach that. And even, I don't know if it works, I haven't done the research, but even if it does work, it's going to select for resistant cells. And unfortunately, it will come back and it'll be more aggressive. And the, but the thing is, how does this actually, so you're creating, in a sense, a social network for doctors, but how does that help patients? And with the information superhighway out there and so much misinformation, how does that right. actually help the patients? That's a great question. At the end of the day, the success of result care is going to impact patient lives. It's going to make the physician lives easier, but the end point, the end goal is, every single American and every person living on this planet. And here's why. The third leading cause of death in the United States is due to medical error. Mm. Now, I understand that I am sort of using that statistics to my advantage. You know, at somebody delivering the At least the wrong you admit drug, it. <laughs> yeah. So somebody's deli- if they're delivering the wrong drug and the patient unfortunately dies, it goes into that statistic. If the patient slips and falls, it goes into that statistic. But... Mm. Doctors are having a hard time keeping up with the amount of literature that is coming out every year. Um, We have moved to this new state called electronic health records that everything that is uh, 
spoken to the patient, everything that is done needs to be recorded. So they are worried about that because it adds extra time. Uh, it takes away from their time that they can spend with the patient. So what they do is they practice defensive medicine. Now, what is defensive medicine? Uh, it's when you come and see me and you say, Armand, my stomach hurts. And I think I know what you have and I know what to order, but I'm like, you know what, Tim, I'm not sure. So I'm going to order 12 to 14 different things to make sure I don't get sued later. Right. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is a, I'm uncomfortable and B, I don't have the time to go spend an hour reading medical journals to figure out, Oh, I just need to order that one test. Now, a lot of people say that's okay. You know, it's worth the extra um, money for my physician to order those uh, extra tests. Um, and let's say we live in a world where cost is not an issue. Okay. So we take cost out of the picture and we say, tests are free, kind of like Theranos. You can order as many tests as you want. Everything works perfectly. However, there, there's, there is such a thing as false positive results. And right. That, there's, happens, that happens a lot with breast cancer. It happens all the time. And you know what? I can, there's a database of patients. Numerous papers have been written on this of patients who were admitted to the hospital because of a false positive test result, had unnecessary treatment, and died of an unrelated uh, illness, something that was happening in the, in the hospital, such as MRSA, cat, catching an infection. Right. And those are the things that are dangerous, right? And in addition to that, physicians are nervous. When we order an extra 12 to 13 tests, we're worried about what if it comes back positive? What then? I didn't really need to order the test. Now I have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So we're taking the shotgun approach out of medicine and empowering physicians to really know that, hey, this article came out. Result Care's artificial intelligence and machine learning platform went through, pulled it out, showed it to me. I see the relevant data. The design is really important for us, right? That we have a lot of competitors, but they, they also just throw loads of information to the physician. And what we've done is created a very design-friendly platform where it takes the physician 15 seconds as opposed to 15 minutes to get to the answer. They feel empowered. And if they want to dig in more, they can within the platform. And, you know, you mentioned this about the social network. What we've done is given other physicians the ability to come into the platform and weigh in and say, this is what I think, because we do have experts, and doctors are used to listening to the experts in their field. However, the way we do that is by going to conferences once a year. And what if, what if there was a platform where you could follow that incredible uh, oncologist from Harvard every day and see what he recommends, and you could be in San Francisco, or you could be in Zimbabwe or Uganda. It doesn't matter. That becomes a global electronic collaborative medical structure. Right. I always get concerned about those doctors that just like to hear them <laughs> themselves talk. And, and that could be a big problem. So coming up right here on Kim McNicholas on innovation, we'll have Armand with Result Care address that as well. So stay with us. Now back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. We're talking to Armand Jahangiri. He is the co-founder and CEO of Result Care, which is basically maybe a Google search for doctors or a social network for doctors, allowing them to under get real time what's happening with the latest and greatest in technology before the great break Armand, I was mentioning that the one concern I, I do have is 
those doctors that like to hear themselves talk and the impact that they can have on on medicine. And what I mean by that are the doctors that could ultimately be bought and paid for in a sense by medical device companies out there that you know maybe five years down the road maybe they're it's discovered that their technology isn't as good as they said it was and they're promoting it out there to other doctors so this has been a i mean this has been a long-standing problem since the early 1900s oh yeah and i think um we've tried really hard to bring in regulations and acknowledgements uh, to this problem. So if you go to a conference today versus 2008, anybody who speaks, they have to put all their financial affiliations to any pharmaceutical or device mm. company as their second slide. And they have to say, here, are, here it is. This company is paying me. So if I'm going to talk about their device, you can be a little skeptical. Um, I do have to say that I, I feel that a lot of the conferences where these doctors come and speak, um, the hardcore scientific ones, you have to submit an abstract beforehand. And your abstract is then looked at by a panel of physicians who are blinded to who you are. So they judge it based on the science and mm-hmm. give it a certain amount of score. So if you actually do get a talk at a conference nowadays, the you know, main conferences for different specialties, you've gone through that. What is dangerous, though, is the smaller conferences and drug companies and device companies tend to um, have a lot of those where they sponsor them and mm-hmm. physicians from the community go and um, get continuing medical education credit. And that's where things become a little sketchy. Now, back to result care. What we thought in terms of bringing the physicians and the key opinion leaders on the platform to um, really vote in terms of and give their way in in terms of what they think about a certain uh, uh, scientific finding. What we did is, if you're a cardiologist, you're a very well cardio- well-known cardiologist. We actually go through your publications and through uh, through your talks and where you went to school and how long you've been practicing, and we create a score for you. Mm. And that score is high for cardiologists. So if you weigh in on a cardiology matter, you are going to impact that matter. Um, your vote is going to carry a lot more weight than, let's say, a podiatrist who would come in wait, uh, vote on that same topic. Right. However, if the cardiologist then goes and votes on the podiatry issue, you know, his score comes down. So we've tried to look into that. Um, and another thing that we think is going to outweigh that is Hopefully, once every doctor is on result care, the number of experts will be much higher. And just the sheer number of physicians who are going to weigh in, who are experts, will hopefully drown anyone who is weighing in in a certain way, secondary to uh, financial uh, affiliations that they have with a, with a certain company. So how has your platform evolved based on talking to your target customer since the beginning? That's a great question. So we started Resulter out of UCSF. My co-founder's husband, uh, Mitch, uh, you know, sustained a traumatic brain injury, and she, he was in the ICU for six months. Wow. Now, Nima was a resident at the time, and she was at Mitch's bedside, and she noticed that the doctors that were coming in weren't ordering the right tests. Now, this isn't at just any hospital. This is UCSF, right? The best place on the planet, we would like to say. And, 
And that's sort of when the idea came to her that we needed an evidence-based platform. However, we've gone through renditions after renditions after renditions because what we've learned is a physician is not going to use anything that is going to add to their workload. It has to be simple. It has Mm -hmm. to be right there. And if there's more information that they want, it has to be accessible, but they don't, they can't be flooded with information. On average, your average, on, on a day, your average physician makes 256 different decisions wow. for patients. Wow. Right. Um, and then what really helped us to sort of focus in, however, was that we worked with, uh, you know, famous serial entrepreneur Steve Blank, and we did his first lean launchpad course at UCSF. So what Steve did was like Armand and team, you guys need to go out there and interview as many, many physicians, right. payers, hospitals that you can. So we did 115 different interviews and we're able to realize that A, doctors are not going to pay for this ever, right? <laughs> B, um, if you want to, if you want to have a business model, it's more of an enterprise software and working with the institutions. And three, this, we're going to get a lot of good data that is going to be very impactful in terms of changing how uh, medicine is practiced so, in the United States. So you're making money on selling enterprise software and p- potentially um, accumulating and making sense and then selling that data. Exactly. Okay. And so what is the enterprise software that you're selling? I mean, you have to go to the administration and, oh, good fun with the red tape there. Right. So what we've done, um, our uh, approach has been a little different because we've realized a couple of things. At in, um, uh, academic institutions, if you're going to spend more than a certain amount of money, then the whole board has to approve it. If you, have to, if you spend less than $40,000, however, then it's you know, just the department that has to approve it. So re- less red tape. And the end of what the enterprise software gets you is the hospital-specific information. Within the results here platform, you can find things such as how much the test costs, the cost transparency and dollar signs, um, what the turnaround time is, is it available that day, do I have to get approval, and then we also give you instructions on how to collect it. I don't know if you've ever been in the hospital. I have, and there's been numerous times where the nurse or the phlebotomist has come and stuck a needle on me again and again because they messed up the test. Yes. That happens all the time. the time. Yep. And now the physicians have the ability to share that with their phlebotomists with a push of a button within a hospital. Uh, so those are the additional options that a hospital can purchase. And then we're currently doing some studies to see how much we're saving hospitals when, when their physicians are using this platform and are uh, uh, introduced to cost transparency. And does that impact their behavior? And our hypothesis is that it's going to impact that a lot, and physicians are going to have a way more targeted approach. We did a small, small focus group a couple of years back, and we presented a group of physicians with a simple case that somebody came in uh, and had abdominal pain and gave them a little bit of information about that. The first group had result care. And, uh, and the second group had the internet. They could use whatever they wanted. And they both had five minutes to work on it. The group that had result care spent about $600 on laboratory testing for that patient. The other group, on average, spent about $4,500 because wow. they weren't sure. So they were doing more tests yesterday night. So those are the values that we're hoping to 
to add to uh, our hospitals. And of course, our number one goal is to improve patient care, to make sure that everyone who's going into a hospital or a physician is treated as if it's the physician's own family member. And, you know, if, if, if I'm a doctor and something happens to my mom, I'm going to do way more research on it, even if it's something I do every day, than if it happens to a patient. That's just a natural ability, just like Nima did for her husband when he was in the ICU. We want to be able to use the technology that has been developed, right. artificial intelligence, and the network to treat every patient as if it was your own family member by providing that information and I, your fingertips. And I have, we have about 30 seconds left. I want to know, where are you at in terms of traction? That's a great question. We have created both of our platforms on iOS and Android. We have the largest laboratory to diagnostic uh, relationship database out of any competitor out there. And we were just accepted into an accelerator that I can't name for obvious, uh, because they haven't done the press release. Uh-huh. And we have seven people. And most importantly, the director of laboratory medicine at UCSF, Dr. Tim Hamill, world-renowned, who's the expert on this topic, just joined us as our chief medical officer. Oh, congratulations. Um, and are, so what, go ahead. Are you making money yet? We are not making money yet, but our number one goal is user acquisition. So, What's your road to profitability? Um, it's going to be, we're going to need at least 5,000 physicians and uh, five hospital contracts. And, what's um, the, and what do you think the timeline's like for that? We're looking at the next six to nine months. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations, Arman Jahangiri. He's with Result Care. Thank you so much. More Kim McNicholas on innovation coming up next. Stay with us. This has been Kim McNicholas on innovation. You can connect with Kim on Facebook forward slash Kim McNicholas or email Kim McNicholas at gmail.com. Be sure to join us again next Friday at one for Kim McNicholas on innovation. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.